so nice to me. <laughs> He's so nice to me. We're waiting on a gentleman caller, so, and I can't sit here doing nothing. Let's just bonk one. Because this means at some point we don't have to do one. <laughs> Correct. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. Shonfa. With us, as always, Mr. Shonfa. Hi. I'm Joey Bonnier. Special guest, Kelly Ridgeway. And here he is. He has books, and he's going to bore you, Sean O'Brien. Hi, guys. Hi, Sean. <laughs> is it the Ridgeway or the Highway? That's <laughs> good. That's yes. a good one. That's a good one. I like that. That's uh, the double deuce. When I ran for student council in sixth grade, my slogan was, vote the right way, vote Ridgeway. That's cool. <laughs> did you win? I did. All right. In a time when bumper stickers mattered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you made your own campaign coat posters with markers and glittering glue. Were you like um, I believe all Reese Witherspoon be in election? To do that. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon in election? I'm picturing you as that. Actually, I think I don't was... picture my girlfriend, Joey. <laughs> I was co-president. I actually hate the, I hate the word girlfriend. I know. It's weird. It's my man friend. It's my special lady friend. Yeah, okay. I like special lady friend better. Whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. Yes. What the, what books are you going to bore us with today? <laughs> what are we waiting on? What's going Things, on? Why are stuff. we waiting here? Crimey River. I got to see a guy about a thing. Uh, oh, anyway, wow. I got to see a guy about a thing. I had to see about a girl. Um, I have with Man me. Man about a horse. No mm. country for old men. That means you got to pee. <laughs> I have with me uh, Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Oh, God. I have George Orwell's 1984 again. Classic. I have, seeing that it might still be April, I'm not really sure, probably not, William Faulkner's The Sound and the Fury. Why does that matter? It takes place in April. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving <Matters>. on. <laughs> That's why it matters. <laughs> I figured it's relevant. We read a bunch of Irish stuff enough. during St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Some people organize based on, like, category or, like, even something as smart as the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> O'Brien organizes based on the time of year in which the book takes place. Well, the time in, time of year in which the podcast is released kind of matters, right? Which also, it's William Shakespeare's birthday in April, so I also have with me The Tempest by people who are listening to this care. <laughs> I wonder how they like you, Sean. I bet they do. Why do they care about his birthday? Who cares about his birthday? About Shakespeare's birthday? No one gives birthdays suck. Who gives a shit about They birthdays? actually don't really know when his birthday was. They know when he was Christmas. They don't even know if he was a man. Actual... Like Jesus? Sure they do. <laughs> exactly. Um, Who I was his have... dad in I the summertime? Have... Uh, William Shakespeare's dad was John Shakespeare's name was. <laughs> that sounds fake. It's true, actually. <laughs> fake news. Uh, it's a uh, fucking mu- it's, uh, Mike Shakespeare. <laughs> no, John Shakespeare. John Mike Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. I, uh, the first. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could. I don't know. You know what his wife's name was? Edith. Jane Shakespeare? Nope. Jill. Wanda. Anne Hathaway was William Shakespeare's no. wife. No. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fucking Anne Hathaway's name has a double meaning? Correct. God this, damn it. And this the is best totally part, a conspiracy thing. The best like part they, about that, Someone by the way? went back in time and uh, changed that. Her name would be Shakespeare. No, do, do you know how her... Anne no, it wasn't. Shakespeare. Anne, no, no, there's a very specific reason why she didn't take that. Because but, she's a feminist. No, because she was... Old. Well, yes, actually. She was older <laughs> and she actually snared William. Oh, yeah. So she know. basically lived in Bath the whole time. Where, I love Bath. Yeah. Where? Oh. <laughs> I prefer showers. I love lamp. Where uh, <laughs> Shakespeare Shakespeare was off in London, but Anne Hathaway stayed at home with their sons. 
Hell uh, yeah. With their sons. Well, with Jane twi- Austen, too, twin- man. She yeah. lived there. They're tw- well, in speaking Beth. of Jane Austen, I also a, have a bump in town. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Oh, hey. I do. Full circle. And uh, I once again, I have William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. I keep thinking that's Big Bird on the cover. Mm. Big Bird on so the cover? So long, Big oh, Bird. Oh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it looks like Big Bird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a single. It's your last. An- another fun side note, by the way, about Anne Hathaway. Movie? Follow that bird? No, we did not. Mm. Anne Hathaway was, was, gifted, was granted upon Shakespeare's death. Three Shakespeare's, wishes. No, Shakespeare's, <laughs> Shakespeare's second best bed. That sounds like That's something that you up? would do. Isn't that fucked up? Was he buried what? on his first? Wait, wait no, hold you're, on. Hold you're on. like the second best of everything. Wait, I have a question. Oh, that you want to know. True. Back then, they might but not have had the same bed. So that might have been her bed. No, well, no, it's the, no, no, no. It's that. Who got the first bed? That's the mystery. No, he's dead. When he died. That's yeah. weird, though. Maybe you don't want to sleep in your dead husband's bed. It's like you want to sleep in the bed you've Which been sleeping in your whole life. Which is fine, but nevertheless, that's, a, that's, just a, that's, just, that's, that's just a piece of knowledge that I thought you'd like to know. Why is he ranking them? as you think. Huh? Why is he ranking them? He just said- yeah. he's well, the master in, of the house. Master of the house. Okay. Yeah. Quick to catch your eye. Never wants a passerby to pass him by. I have The Great Gatsby by very, S. Uh, Fitzgerald. egalitarian back then. <laughs> nice. yep. Sean Faw, I uh, have The Great Gatsby sorry. by S. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> I have Thomas Pynchon's The Crying of Lot 49. I have uh, also Mason and Dixon by Thomas Pynchon. I have Don DeLeo's White Noise, and I have Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. Anything, anything looking interesting to you cats and, to you cats and kittens out there? In pod personal end? Catch your barrel, can you see? No. Oh, sorry. I will make that. It's fine. I don't care. Welcome to yeah. literally literary. feelings mutual. Let's go with Jane She's totally Austen. You guys, Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice <laughs> and Zombies. I want to. I like her. Bad. I want a Midsummer Night's Dream. Can I appeal what? to your Shakespearean sensibilities, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> it's April. It's got Shakespeare's birthday. <laughs> that works, right? <laughs> Sure, shaky. The Tempest or Midsummer Night's Dream? What's The Tempest about? A teapot. Tempest is fucking great. The Tempest might be my third. Is favorite it a drama Shakespeare or play. comedy? It well, so no, it's it's it's, it's an opera. It's classified as a comedy. Um, it's not real, but it, it doesn't really fit. It's it's it's, it's arguably his, it's the last, last play. Right? Well, it's the last play that he wrote by himself. It's not his last play. No, um, but it it is. A strange parallel of the New World. The New World had, like, our America had just been uh, essentially discovered. And he... When was Shaky writing? The Tempest was, like, 1608, something mm. like that. Um, so, when he... so But, but The Tempest is a, a, about a magical island. Um, and it's classified as one of the later romances. So, it's The Tempest, uh, A Winter's Tale, and I want to say... Fuck, what the fuck is it? What's the other really fucking? What's the romance? What's the other later romance? Bella? Joey? No, no, that's a that's King a, Lear. That's a, no. <laughs> that's not a Fuck me! Damn. What Henry is it? VIII. Is it one of the kings? A names? Winter's Tale, The Tempest, and I can't a think Midsummer's of it. Night Dream. No, that's that's in the earlier lyrics. That's uh, way early. He wrote that. Sorry. He wrote uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. He, so I'll he wrote he wrote Richard the Second, and then Romeo and Juliet and A Midsummer Night's Dream together. It's a fun little kind of trilogy of it. Those are all actually in full verse. But much later in his life, he wrote The Tempest, The Winter's Tale. Oh, and um, uh, Pericles. Pericles. Sure. Oh, the, the Greek general? Yes. 
Oh, I love him. It's another. Wait, maybe I'm wrong then. Really? What a the romance. Prequel to Patton. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Oh, no, come on. Give no him Shakespeare. <laughs> do you want, do you want me to read does. Shakespeare? Sure. Sure or yes? Nobody wants you to read Shakespeare. Okay. Well, Joey didn't want. No, it's fine. Jane. I, I've read Jane Austen. We can, we can read it. Well, guys, I'm Kelly Bell. Oh, well, now it's your choice. To, no. It's yours. Yeah, it's your choice. Do I read The Tempest? I'm not going to read it in Summer Night's Dream. Do I read The Tempest or do I read Pride and Prejudice? Well, I've never read The Tempest. Yeah, so, so either way, you have to one. make us wrong. <laughs> she pointed to The Tempest and said, <laughs> meh, meh, meh. <laughs> You got to be. Is right. the Pride and Prejudice movie good? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's better with zombies. It got, uh, th- yeah, that movie was pretty fun. But, um, no, Keira Knightley got nominated for an Oscar, dude. Yeah, no, I guess I should say. Um, okay. I, I like it. It's Tempest, long. man. I fucking love it. <laughs> You're not selling it very well. <laughs> I like it a lot. I put it on when I'm, you know. Falling asleep? In a, no. Um, That's the, what 2001's for. In a mood to cry. The Tempest, has, <laughs> the Tempest has two fantastic characters as Why well. Why would so you the, be in a mood to cry? You're never going to in moods to cry? Like, <laughs> I would love if Sean talked again. <laughs> yeah, where you just uh, want to have a good cry. No. Oh, man, I put on Titanic or something. I've still never seen Titanic. <gasps> you yeah. will cry. It's like, ooh. Yeah, I'll do that. I find okay. that very unlikely. Yeah. Sean, Dark have you ever Dark cried Dark. during a movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Which probably. Don't, don't give me definitely. That is not an oh, yeah. It's not obvious. What, during like Rocky or something? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, that was, that was great Steadicam work, but uh, uh, every Pixar movie, pretty much. Oh, um, yeah, those kind you know, of give it to you. The, the music swells, and the, the, the little boy finds his grandpa, and, you know, the house oh. raises in the sky, and oh, my God. What about Toy Story? Um, yeah, you know, Andy finds his hat, and everything's good. I don't know. I don't Sean remember. is currently crying right now. Yep. There are three tears rolling down his cheek. <laughs> three tears? That's, yeah, I counted. That's the most That's tears. oddly specific. Yeah. That's why you know it's real. Mm. Yeah, anyone can muster a single tear. While you lie here, do snoring lie. Or, I'm sorry. While you here, do snoring lie. Open-eyed conspiracy. As time doth take. If of life you keep a care, shake off slumber and beware. Awake. Awake. That's Ariel. That's Ariel. Ariel is the, the uh, half fish woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you. Famous redhead. <laughs> Seashell bikini. Full fathom five. Ginger thy rings. father lies. Of his bones are coral made. Thirty feet. Those are pearls that were his eyes. Nothing of him that doth fade, but doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange. Sea nymphs hourly ring his bell. Ariel. Ding dong. Hark! Now I hear them. Ding dong bell. It's a really famous part from The Tempest. I just read to you guys. I figured we'd start off that well. Ariel was famous. And Shakespeare wrote Ding Dong Bell. It was super famous. Uh, Act one, scene one. A tempestuous noise of thunder and lightning heard. Enter a shipmaster. The Tempest starts with a tempestuous noise. (laughs) And a boatswain. Wait, does the Tempest mean it? Yeah. Is this, oh, master. Botswain! Botswain. Here, master, what cheer? Master. Good speech to the mariners. Fall yearly or we run ourselves around. Bistar, bistar! Exit. Enter, mariners. Botswain. Hey, my hearts! Cheerly, cheerly, my hearts! Ye, yeah, yeah! Take in the topsail, tend to the master's whistle. Blow till thou burst thy wind, if room enough. Enter Alonzo, Sebastian, Antonio, Ferdinand, Gonzalo, and others. Alonzo, good Botswain, have care. Where's the master? Play the men. Botswain, I pray now. Keep below. Antonio, where's the master, Botswain? Botswain, do you not hear him? 
You, may, you mar our labor. Keep our cabins. You do assist the storm. Gonzalo, nay, good. Be patient, Buswain. When the sea is, hence, what care these roars for the name to, ki- to the name of king? To cabin! Silence! Trouble us not, Gonzalo. Good. Yet remember whom thou hast aboard. Buswain, none that I more love than myself. You are a counselor. If you can command these elements to silence and work the peace of the present, we will not ha- we will not hand a rope more. Use your authority. If you cannot give thanks, you have lived so long and make yourself ready in your cabin for the mischance of the hour. It is so. Hap! Cheerily, good heart! Out of our way, I say! Exit. Gonzalo, I have great comfort from this fellow. Methinks he hath no drowning mark upon him. His complexion is perfect gallows. Stand fast, good fate, to his hanging. Make the rope of his destiny our cabin, for our own doth little advantage. If he be not born to be hanged, our case is miserable. Exunt. Answer Bonswain. Down with the topmast! Yeah! Lower! Lower! Bring her to wit to the main course! A cry within. A plague upon the howling! They are louder than the weather of our office! Enter Sebastian, Antonio, and Gonzalo. Yet again, what do you hear? Shall we give o'er and down? Shall we give o'er and drown? Have you not a mind to have you a mind to sink? Sebastian, I pox on your throat, you bawling blasphemous and charitable dog! Botswain, work you then, Antonio. Hang, cur! Hang, you horse and insolent noisemaker! We are afraid to be drowned than thou art! Gonzalo, I'll warrant him for drowning, though the ship were no stronger than a nutshell as leaky as an unstanched wench! Boswain, lie her a whore! A hold! Set to her courses! Off to sea again! Lay her off! Enter mariners, wet mariners. All lost to prayers! To prayers! All lost! Exunt mariners, Botswain. What? Must our mouths be cold? Gonzalo. The king and the prince at prayers. Let's assist them, for our case is as theirs. Sebastian. I am out of patience. Antonio. We are merely cheated out of our lives by drunkards. This wide-chapping rascal. Wouldst thou mightest lie drowning? The washing in ten tides? Gonzalo. He'll be hanged yet, though every drop of water swear against it, and gave it the wits to glut him. A confused noise within. Mercy on us! We'll split! We'll split! Farewell, my wife and children! Farewell, brother! We'll split! We split! We split! Exit Botswain. Antonio. Let's all sink with the king! Sebastian. Let's take him! Let's take leave of him! Exit with Antonio. Gonzalo. Now would I give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground. Long eath. Brown furs, anything! The wills above be done, but I would fain die a dry death. Exit. Scene one, or act one, scene two. Enter Prospero in his magic cloak and Miranda. Miranda. If by your art, my dearest father, you have put the wild waters in this roar alive them, the sky, it seems, would pour down sinking pitch, but the sea, mounting to the welkin cheek, dashes the fire out. Oh, I have suffered with those that, I, those that I saw suffer. A brave vessel who had, no doubt, some noble creature in her, dashed all to pieces. Oh, the cry did knock against my very heart. Poor souls, they perished. Had I been any god of power, I would have sunk the sea within the earth, or ere it should be the good ship so have swallowed, and the frightening souls within her. Prospero. Be collected. No more amusement. 
Tell your piteous hearts there's no harm done. Miranda. Oh, woe the day, Prospero. No harm. I've done nothing but in care of thee, of thee, my dear one, thee, my daughter, who art ignorant of what thou art not knowing of whence I am, nor that I am more better than Prospero, master of a full poor cell, and thy no greater father. Miranda. More to know, did never meddle with thy thoughts. Prospero. Tis time I should inform thee, father. Lend thy hand and pluck my magic garment from me. So, laying down his magic cloak and staff. Lie there, my art. Wipe thou thine eyes. Have comfort. The direful spectacle of the wreck have touched the very virtue of compassion in thee. I have with such provision in mine art so safely ordered that there is no soul. No, not so much perdition as an heir betide to any creature in the vessel which thou heardest cry, which thou sawest sink. Sit down. For thou must know, for thou must now know farther. Miranda, sitting. You have often begun to tell me what I am, but stopped and left me to a bootless inquisition in concluding, stay, not yet. Prospero, the hour is now come. The very minute bids thee open thine ear. Obey and be attentive. Canst thou remember a time before we came unto this cell? I do not think thou canst, for, thou, for then thou wast not out three years old. Miranda, certainly, sir, I can. Prospero, but what? Oh, sorry. By what? By any other house or person? Of anything the image? Tell me. That hath kept with thine remembrance, Miranda. Tis far off, rather like a dream than an assurance that my remembrance warrants. Had I not four or five women once that tended me? Prospero. Thou hadst and more, Miranda, but how is it that this lives in thy mind? What seest else in that, in the dark backwood and abysm of time? If thou rememberest aught ere camest here, that how thou camest here thou mayest, Miranda. But that I do not, Prospero. Twelve years since, Miranda, twelve years since thy father was the Duke of Milan and Prince of Power, Miranda. Sir, are you not my father? Prospero. Thy mother was a piece of virtue, and she said thou wast my daughter, and thy father was Duke of Milan and his only heir and princess no worse issued. Miranda. <clears throat> oh, the heavens! What foul play we had we that we came from thence? Or blessed was it that we did? Prospero. By both, both, my girl. By foul play, as thou sayest, were we heaved thence, but blessedly hope hither. Miranda. Oh, my heart bleeds to think of the teen that I have turned you into, which is from, thy rem which is from my remembrance. Please you farther. Prospero. My brother and thy uncle called Antonio. I pray thee, mark me, that a brother should be so perfidious. He, whom next thyself of all the world I loved, and to him put the manage of my state, as at the time, though through all the, senior, the seniores, it was the first. And Prospero, the prime duke, being so reputed in dignity, and for the liberal arts without a parallel, those being all my study, the government I cast upon my brother, and to my state grew stranger, being transported and wrapped in secret studies. Thy false uncle, dost thou attend me? Miranda, sir, most heedfully. Prospero, being once perfected. How to grant suits, how to deny them, who that who to advance, and who to trash for overtopping new created the creatures that were mine. I say, or change them, or else new formed them. 
having both the key of offer and offer and office officer and office see the hearts of the state to what tune pleased his ear now he was the ivy which he had hid my princely trunk and sucked my virgin verdure out on it thou attendest not oh sir good sir i do prospero i mark thee or i pray thee mark me i thus neglecting worldly ends, all dedicated to closeness and the bettering of my mind with that which, by but by being so retired or apprised all popular rate in my false brother awakened an evil nature, and my trust, like a good parent, did beget of him a falsehood in a contrary as great as my trust was, which had indeed no limit, a confidence sans bound. He, being thus lorded, not only with what my revenue yielded, but with my power might else exact, like one who, having the truth by telling of it, made such a sinner of his memory to credit his own lie. He did believe he was indeed the duke out of the, out of the substitution and executing the outward face of royalty with all prerogative, hence his ambition growing. Dost thou hear? Your tale, sir, would cure deafness to have no screen between this part he played and him he played it for. He needs will be absolute Milan. Me, poor man, my library was dukedom large enough of temporal royalties. He thinks me now incapable, confederate so dry he was for sway, with the king of Naples to give him an annual tribute, do him homage, subject his coronet to his crown, and bend the dukedom yet unbow and bowed, alas, poor Milan, to most ignoble stooping. Miranda, oh, the heavens, mark his condition and the event, and then tell me if this might be a brother. Miranda. I should sin to think but nobly of my grandmother. Good wombs have borne bad sons. Prospero. Now the condition, this king of Naples being an enemy to me invertebrate, hearkens my brother's suit, which, which was that he, in lieu of the premises of homage, and I, and I know how, not na, and I know not, and I know not how much tribute should presently <clears throat> extirpate me and mine out of the dukedom and confer fair Milan with all the honors of my brother. Whereon a treacherous army levied one midnight, fated to the purpose, did Antonio open the gates of Milan, and in the dead of the darkness the ministries for the purpose hurried thence, me and thy, and thy crying self. Alack, for pity, I, not remembering how I cried out then, will it, will cry it o'er again. It is a hint that rings mine ears to it. Here a little further, and then I'll bring thee to the present business, which now is pondest, without this, uh, without the which, without the which this story were most impertinent. Wherefore did they not destroy us? Sorry. Wherefore did they not that hour destroy us? Prospero. Well demanded, wench. My tale provokes that question. Dear, they durst not. So dear the love my people bore me, nor set a mark so bloodly on the business, but with colors fairer painted, their foul ends. In view... They hurried us aboard a bark, bore us some leagues to sea, where they prepared a rotten carcass of a butt, not rigged, nor tackle, sail, nor mast. The very rats instinctively have quit it. There, they hoist us to cry to the sea that roared to us, to sigh to the winds whose pity, sighing back again, did us but loving wrong. Alack, what trouble was I then to you? Oh, the cherubin, thou wast that did preserve me. Thou didst smile infused with a fortitude from heaven, when I have decked the sea with drops full of salt under my burden groaned, which half raised in, which half raised in me an underdog's stomach to bear up against what shouldst ensue. How came we ashore? By providence divine, 
some food we have and some fresh water that a Neapolitan Gonzalo out as charity, who then, who being appointed then, master of this design did give us, with rich garments, linen, stuffs, and necessaries, which since have steadied much so of his gentleness. Knowing I loved my books, he furnished me from mine own library with volumes that I prize above, above my dukedom. What I might, but ere see that man. Now I arise, puts on his magic cloak. Sit still and hear the last of our sea sorrow. Here, in this island, we arrived. And here have I, thy schoolmaster, made thee more profit than any other princess can, that have more time for vainer hours and tutors not so careful. Heaven thank you for it, and now I pray you, sir, for still it is beating in my mind your reason for raising this sea storm. Know thus far forth, by accident most strange, bountiful fortune, now, my dear lady, hath mine enemies brought to this shore, and by my prescience I find my zenith doth depend upon a most auspicious star, whose influence of now I court not, but omit my fortunes will ever after droop. Here, cease more questions. Thou art inclined to sleep. Tis a good dullness, and give it way. I know now canst thou can I know thou canst not chew. Miranda sleeps. Come away, come, come away, servant. Come! I am ready now. Approach, my Ariel. Come. And then Ariel enters and they just keep going. I like it. Dear mermaid. It's kind of nice. Ariel, uh, yeah, actually. She's like a weird sort of uh, apparitionous huh. creature that lives in the sea. She comes out of the water. Well, it's actually it's a he. Ariel's a guy. Oh, what? Yeah. It's a whole new world. A lot of magic in this one. Yeah. You know? He's oh, it's the, very magical, he's yeah. He's got the cape and all. He's a magician, yeah. And, I mean, the Tempest he creates. Um, Ariel is also there. Now, there's one other character who we haven't met yet, but I did actually read it. Um, if you remember when we read the, um, the old American, like early American writers, mm-hmm. there was a part of Shakespeare, which we flipped through, and it was from the Tempest, and it was a... It was a line from Caliban. Caliban was the figure of the sort of savage, the savages that lived in America at the time, the sort of unknown, the, the wild beast. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, and he's, yeah, and Caliban is, is, that, is that creature. So he's like a werewolf kind of thing? He's not like a werewolf kind of thing. He's, what is he? He's a, a, like a beast. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, he's. okay. Um, I, I would so he say can he's still love. He's, he, he speaks English. He speaks American. American. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. So, did you intentionally pick this tempest uh, based on current events? Did I bring it here based on current events, or did I pick it? Because I, sir, did not pick it, if you remember correctly. Uh, you are the ultimate decider in all things literally literary. No. What, what are you trying to say? What, I don't, I'm confused how this relates to current events. Um, are you guys familiar with the, uh, the security concept of Tempest? No. no. Ah, so uh, this is something that's actually really relevant right now with the, um, what is it, the, the Lock 7 or the... Uh, lock Stock and Two Smoking Gun Barrels, I think it's Yeah, called? yeah, something two like that. Two Smoking Barrels. So the idea of uh, Tempest <laughs> is uh, basically uh, uh, emanation hacking. 
So it is finding things or uh, getting them before the thing is encrypted. So that is a big part of what was just released is that we are using these things, using our technology to surpass encryption. So it's not that people have hacked the iPhone. It is that they have figured out how to take screen grabs of you entering the information. So it is not necessarily uh, a, uh, or a, um, a breaking of things. It is intercepting the information before it happens. And this is a term that has been used uh, since about the, uh, I think it was like 1941, they uh, started using it with the teletype. But that's where it came from. They have referred to this concept as Tempest. Speaking of coming, huh. Sean, you sound a little out of breath. Were you by any chance going down on South Park? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Literary Literary. Podcast.com.